please be advised this story contains adult content and graphic language. Rachel did find a sex tape of Dan cheating with his former girlfriend, Brittany Boudreaux. I'm sure that would piss her off a lot. And that was just a few weeks before the murders. Welcome to Sleuth. I'm Linda Sawyer. This week, we sit down with one of Rachel and Dan's closest inner circle friends, Audrey McVeigh. Audrey said she was the couple's third wheel for nearly four years before Daniel Wozniak murdered his neighbor, Sam Hare, along with Sam's friend and tutor, Julie Kubuishi. The stories you'll hear from Audrey provide a window into a bizarre alcohol and drug-fueled existence a world that made up Dan and Rachel's shocking, law-breaking lifestyle. I want to welcome Audrey McVeigh to Sleuth. Thank you so much for being here. Hi. I want to tell our listeners that Audrey was a long-term friend, actually probably one of the longest friendships that Rachel had uh, prior to the murders. I believe that Audrey, correct me if I'm wrong, you met her in the fall of 2006 when you both attended Long Beach Community College, right? Yes. And you were in the theater theater department. I was doing technical theater, doing makeup and costumes, and she was doing acting. So we didn't have many classes that coincided together, but we did work on a show together. And that's how you initially met. Mm -hmm. And what I know you had shared with me when we had interviewed a couple years back that she was sort of awkward socially, that people had very differing opinions of her. So share with us, because yeah. I know she was homeschooled, right? Yeah, that was a huge red flag for everybody at theater. Everybody was always like, oh, well, she she's weird because she was homeschooled. You know, it was very like, oh, that, that was just the excuse everybody had for her weird quirkinesses. Uh, Well, she was homeschooled. She doesn't know how to properly interact between people. And she says weird things and she does weird things. And she just doesn't know better. So that's how, that's the past that she got. Yeah. Basically, like. Give her a chance. Yeah, she doesn't know better. She doesn't know anything. Now, with some, though, I think you said some some of the students, some of your friends would say, oh, they thought she was really standoffish and arrogant. They, they perceived it as more of that she was into herself. I mean, yes, she is, but I, I that you gave always... her the benefit of the doubt, but some people didn't. Yes. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I always and, like to give people the chance. <laughs> well, you know, when I remember, cause I just started theater there and, she and some other um, girls there, they just, they were having so much fun. And I was like, oh, I want to be their friends. I want to be part of that. So I like basically introduced myself and it's theater. So I said, hey, I'm Audrey. You guys look like you're having fun. I want to be your friend. <laughs> like basically. And they're like, oh yeah, be our friend. So I just started hanging out with them and and you, you had know, a lot of fun with I her. I mean, you so said so much fun with her. I mean, we hung out three times a week, maybe more. I don't know, two to four days a week. That's a lot of time to hang out with somebody. We just had so much fun together, you know. When we were like chain smokers, and we, 
I don't know. We just went out. We had fun. You had a lot of fun. You had a lot of fun. You guys definitely managed to drink some fine wines, and yes, and there was there was a little bit of uh, sticky fingers going on at certain points of your relationship with her, and that was just part of the college sort of. Let's see how we could push the envelope, and yeah, and and do some things that maybe now we go back and say. We're not going to talk to our kids about. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Those are not stories to tell. <laughs> <laughs> but you, but you had a lot of fun doing it. And I do yes. want to just mention a couple of the things, just because, quite frankly, mm. she's this little thing, and I've always found it so incredulous that when you said to me she even stole her bridesmaids' dresses, she I'm did. like, how did she even hide them? Uh, y- well, I mean, she did carry a big purse, okay. you know, but. And I mean, to be honest, these bridesmaid dresses, they weren't something you would buy at David Bridal. They weren't full with tulle and thickness. They were slinky little summer cocktail dresses that were blue, like with that like kind of chiffon lace or whatever. And so they were slinky and thin and stuff like that. They weren't bride made dresses in the the formal in the sense of they what weren't you okay. formal so now at all. i have a they very were, different visual yeah they were very slinky dresses could be rolled up into a ball about the size of half a basketball or something got it. oh cantaloupe size okay. like they could be balled up but she got all four of them you said yes yes she did <laughs> and i know that you also said that Meals, food, alcohol. I mean, sometimes you'd wait in the car I, and Dan would come out. Dan would say, go to the yeah. car. And all of a sudden, he'd come out with a basket See, full of... I I didn't realize that they had such money problems because I thought Dan was a manager at a Verizon in Santa Monica. That's what I was told. You know, that's what they said that they did because he did work at the Verizon on Bellflower in Long Beach you thought he had money. I was a poor college student. I was working part-time, going to school full-time. I, I was broke as hell. Rachel and I would split packs of cigarettes. Like, In fact, I think you told me the one thing that she was bummed about was she couldn't figure out how to steal cigarettes. Yes. She stole everything else but could yeah. Yes, exactly. There was no way to steal cigarettes. <laughs> so Dan would always pay for drinks because I'd go out and— they're like, oh, do you want a drink? And I was like, oh, I don't have any money. They're like, okay, well, we'll buy you one. I'm like, okay, you can buy me one, but I'm not going to waste my own money on drinks because I don't really care that much about alcohol. Right. And so, and I was always the DD. I always drove everybody, so I never was like Which if a, a couple needed a DD, it was this couple. Oh, they really did need their own DD. So but. let's start off with some of those stories because I'd like to really mm-hmm. focus in on the time that Dan came into the picture. I mean, because you really were, in fact, you've referred to yourself to me as the third wheel. And you didn't mind it because you really were enjoying yourself and having yeah, just I really a really... the third wheel. <laughs> but you said I was the third wheel and it didn't bother me because they never no. made me feel that way. Yeah, no, they didn't. No. Yeah. So when you first met him, it was when you went to, I think she was in rehearsal in a, on a, in a play at Golden West. That's when they first met each other, right? Yes. But I remember... Her telling me about him and how he was pursuing her and wanted to date her. And she was very like, I don't know. I don't know. But he's persistent. And I think she liked being chased. She definitely liked being chased. So she eventually acquiesced and started dating him. And what were your first impressions of him? He was nice and cordial and very friendly and 
And you did you have a nice time? Did he did he seem pretty harmless? Did he seem did he show the, any kind of a signs of a temper? The very very first time I met him, I mean, we were dropping something off at the college and um there wasn't very much interaction. Okay. I mean, it was like five minutes, right? Maybe, but she the then most. pointed out to you that's the gentleman that's interested yeah. in me. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we were talking about him on the way there. She's like, "Okay, so you're gonna meet Dan." Blah 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 blah. blah. Okay. So, but then I mean, obviously, your time with him grew. I mean, you spent quite a bit of time with him, and and mm-hmm. what were what were your feelings about him? I mean. Did you did you care about him? Did you enjoy his company as much as Rachel, or did you feel like you had to warn Rachel about him? What, what give us your overall sense of what you felt about him? Um, he was he was nice and he was charismatic and um, fun loving, and he he liked he liked to sing and act, and we did get along. We had a lot of TV shows we liked, and we would talk about that. And which were those? Uh, family Guy, and they tried. He, he was obsessed with Lost, and so they tried to get me to watch that. And I watched like the first couple episodes. I was like, Nah, not my cup of tea. But thanks. <laughs> and we just had fun drinking and talking about movies and TV shows and theaters. And uh, Rachel and I would just sing all the time. I have a bad stage fright. So I, I only went up like twice ever go sing. But are you talking about like karaoke? Like karaoke, yeah, sorry. Karaoke. But when it was just us, it was different. I would sing with them and I remember this one time we went caroling. They had the Seal Beach Christmas parade and her brother had the wine The wine bar, right? The wine no, they didn't have the wine bar yet. Oh, it was, was it just the a cruise? The corks away. Yeah. And what was that? That was like a cruise around it Naples, was a, right? Yeah, it was a cruise around Naples, and they served wine and cheese and crackers to people and just kind of took them on a little romantic tour around Naples and stuff. But they were promoting the wine, the company. So, and then we they didn't have a, like a little store outside. Like once you finished the cruise, if you liked the wine, you could buy the wine somewhere. Yeah, they, they that's when they started the. The, the bar. bar. Yeah. Yeah. Roughly around the time that I failed. So, like, and I, how smart you were. Honestly, I, I think of I all the people in this story, I, I'm going to give you the crown of having the best instincts at the most <laughs> opportune time. Yeah. We're talking one week before the murders, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So before we get there, I don't want to skip ahead. Mm-hmm. I, I'd love to hear some of the times where you... Really got a sense of who Dan was and the and the relationship he had with Rachel. I mean, I remember Rachel really liked to drink. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was really stupid that they wanted to get married. So, because she was under twenty one at the time, they wanted to get married so that they could go on a cruise together, so that she could legally drink on the cruise. Because she could drink on the cruise if she was married to him or something. Right, because she was twenty at the time. Yeah, that's a dumb reason to get married, Rachel. Like that. Well, they. Well, I mean, talk about dumb like, reasons. How about dumb reasons to murder people to go on a cruise? What's the point of that? You you drink booze here all the damn time. Like what? They didn't really she, think through no, everything no, to the no. best of everything was at the moment. That uh, sounds like a great moment, idea. Yes. When I came back from Texas, the first trip we did is we went to the Catalina wine mixer. And it was it was a lot of fun. 
we, um, of course, you know, you get drunk. And we would, we were just dancing in the sand. It was so much fun. Like all of us, like me and uh, Noah and Nate. Who are Rachel's older brothers. Yeah. But we were just all dancing in the sand, in the sun, drinking wine, eating sausages. And then we went back towards the campsite. campsite. I don't know why they started fighting. They So she kind of chased she, after him. Yeah, so she went after him. And then about two hours later, they both came back. And they were like grumbling. And I mean, Dan, Dan has always been very apologetic. I noticed even in like interviews when he even told the cops, he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I lied to you. You know, he's I really always, apologize for that. Yeah, right. He's always been very genuine and sincere when he's like, I, I really apologize. Or that's just part of his con. I, I was going to say, I, whether he means it or not, I don't know. After that, it was fine. And I, we just, and then we had fun. He just had and a way to make it wipe it, it was, wipe it away. Yeah, right? you know, all, the, all the, the whole fight, whatever happened, however they fixed it, I don't know. But I swear to God, once they started drinking, everything was fine when they were sober. And then once they started drinking, they just... <laughs> So would you say, would it be (laughs) apt to describe it as uh, when you were with them, if the drinking just kept going, that's when it would start turning dark? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about one of those instances. Uh, When it started going dark? One night, Dan and Rachel, it was their anniversary. And I think Brian... Do you remember year, month? Can you give us a time Um, frame? Before the DUI, after the DUI? Before the DUI. Okay. Definitely So we're in 2009. Um, August of 2009 was the DUI, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was sometime, because I remember it was the summertime. And Dan said that he went to Glen Ivy or something to get a certificate. And something about Katie being involved, like... Katie Saban? Rachel thought he was cheating on That was her. Katie Saban was a, was a girlfriend before. With his ex-girlfriend, before, right? yeah. And uh, she was really pissed because she knew Dan was lying to her. And she was furious. And what is Glen Ivy just because... Glen Ivy is one of those uh, day spas where okay. you go and there's... Um, you pay like 60 bucks and you get to use their pool and their sauna and their jacuzzi and their mud bath and all of those things. So he was like, it was supposed to be a surprise and blah, 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 blah. And Dan would tell me things in confidence that he was planning to tell Rachel just so it could be me vouching for Dan. You're the alibi. Yeah. Well, Dan did say that, you know, that's what he did tell me. So, you know, me, I'm just... I don't. You're taking I it all at face value. I don't automatically assume people are going to lie to me. I just, I automatically assume, well, I think you're telling me the truth because I can't think of a possible reason to lie to me. Yeah. Why you not? Know? Why would and he? And honestly, even if you were cheating on Rachel, that's your problem. <laughs> not your business. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah so, um, so they, they had a big blowout fight. And I, I was always the one who was left taking care of them left taking care of Rachel when shit bad stuff happened when fights or whatever or she got too drunk it was always Audrey you take care of her Dan actually said that to me multiple times okay Audrey I'm done she's your responsibility you take her home 
I'm done with her. You deal with her. And I'm like, why do I have to do it? He's like, because you're the best friend. You got to deal with her. It was almost like, I don't want to deal with her. You deal with her. This <laughs> fighting, like, who wants to have to deal it's with like drunk Rachel? Potato. <laughs> like, I don't want to do it. Come on. It was like taking care of, you know, they say babies are drunk adults. You know, drunk adults are just like babies falling all over the place, vomiting everywhere. And it's just a pain in the butt because you have to carry them and they're heavy. So, <laughs> but she, so she was totally trashed. And we were at a bar called Tracy's. It was across the street from Dan's work when he worked at Verizon. And I didn't want to leave her alone. She refused to get into my car. I took her keys. Wait, so he, she had been drinking. So she had been drinking. She was totally trashed. And so I took her keys because I'm like, you're not driving home. You're not going to get into my car no matter how much I push and shove. Because she's a, she's a scrappy fighter. She is. And I was like, I don't know what to do with you. So I went into kind of a mom mode. And I'm like, you're going to go into your car and you're going to sit there and you're going to lock the doors and you're going to go to sleep. And I'm going to be watching you in my car to make sure you don't leave because I know you. And she's like, fine. And so she went into her car and I had her car keys and then I swear to God, I looked away for like five seconds. I don't know how she did it. The doors never opened. She didn't. I don't. I don't know how she did it. Who She got out Houdini. of the car. She got out of the car. I didn't notice at all. And then I was waiting for her to leave. And I was like, why hasn't she tried to sneak out and leave yet? She should have tried already. So like, you went I know, over. You so went I over. went over and she wasn't in the car. <laughs> and I was like, what? And so, <laughs> you got a call from Dan, I think, right? Yeah, he's like, Rachel is here scaling my fence and scaling the wall of my house and trying to climb onto the patio. I don't know how she did it. She's like Spider Woman or something because she would wear these four inch heels climbing up the drain pipe, up the wall, and getting onto the balcony. How the hell did you do do you that? So you obviously weren't that far away from his house, or were no, you? No, no. It was, it's probably about two miles away. Wait, so two the middle away. of the night, really in high close. heels, not far. drunk, she walked two so, miles to yeah, his house? Yeah, Or a mile and, and a half. And the house? Yes. Oh, my God. And, and she did it very, she must have been running, because how could she have gotten that far in 10 minutes? I mean, she had to be, because, I mean, to run a mile it at least takes, like, 10 Minutes, or she must have been running. She must have. So he and called you, like, and what, what did he ask of you? Come and get her. <laughs> come and get her. She, she's pissing off my parents. She's scaling the wall. My mom is furious. The senior Wozniaks didn't care for her. Is that correct? As far as I knew, they didn't like Rachel. Um, Do you know the reasons why? I thought it was because she wasn't Catholic. That's what I was told. Now it would be like pretty religion, low on the totem like, pole. <laughs> like, oh, she wasn't Catholic. She's homeschooled. Her parents are poor. She's not good enough for you is really is what it was. You know, like, she's not good enough for Dan. Okay. Okay. Um, Did you ever hear them say anything like that about Rachel? No. I mean, my interaction with her, his parents was probably less than five, ten minutes. But <laughs> getting back. So the, was that the night... Because I know there was a story when we talked about, you know, you said you had some fun times and not so fun so, times. Like, yeah, is, this story is, isn't this, done yet. So after that, it was Dan and Rachel and uh, his cousin Justin and me. And 
Dan, you know, I was like, I can't get her into my car. What the hell am I supposed to do? How do you want me to make her leave? I can't make her leave. And we have to do something about her car. And Yeah, Dan, because you drove, you drove over I drove to, with my car, to the Wozniak with your car. And her car, so was, her car still was still over back. by the bar. Right. So it was like, well, she can't drive. So uh, Dan drove her in his car because she would get into the car with Dan. And then I drove with Justin. Justin and, Brown. Yeah. Dan's cousin. And then we went to that apartment that looks like a, a business loft. front. Right. You know. Uh, okay. That's um, Noah's that's, Noah and Nate's place that yeah. they right. That came up quite a bit in the trial because because the, the detectives had to say we weren't prepared for a formal uh, interview with Dan and Rachel because we thought we were walking into a storefront. We didn't realize that it, people were living there. Mm-hmm. That's when they yeah, ran they into Dan and Rachel. Totally changed it around. So getting back to... And so... Dan they took to, Rachel back to that To loft. that place. And uh, Justin and I were still sitting in my car because we were just... Dan was trying to get her into the apartment and trying to get her in Unload there. her. Unload her. And... He was just having difficulty and finally got her in. And Rachel likes to trick people. She was like, okay, I'll I'll do it for a little while. Okay, I'm back. So she went inside for a few minutes and Dan came out and it was going to be like, okay, I'm going home and Justin's going to jump into Dan's car and go home with him. And then we all knew to wait because we all knew Rachel was going to come back out because that's what she does. And of course, she came back out and Dan put it back in and then Dan was in the car and she she ran back out again, and she was yelling at him, and she was at the front of his car, hands on. She's like, you're not going to leave. You're not going to leave, blah, blah, blah. They're just yelling at each other. And Dan released the brakes and, like, tapped on the gas. Like, and where was she? Me? Where was she? They were in the middle of the street. No, but where was physically was Rachel? She was standing in front of the car. She was standing in front of the car. He released the brakes, kind of tapped on like, it. Almost like, sort of suggesting I'm about to run run you over? Yes. Yes. He hit. He literally hit her. I mean, not hard, but she's like, you hit me with your car. And she's like, oh, God. All hell broke loose. I'm just like, oh, my God. And Justin and I are sitting in the car like, oh, can we go home yet? Oh. And this time for good, she went yeah, inside. Yeah, so she went in. So, so this time it was... Her leaving him, not him pushing her away, you know? This was her trick. Was that the only time you saw their fight erupt into something pretty physical? No. um, Once we were at his place, his parents' place, and we were playing pool and drinking wine, and they got into a fight. I don't remember what about. And... um, if you don't she, remember those I, reasons, they sound just, like they're pretty petty, nothing yeah, specific. They, yeah, they were all very petty. A lot of it was jealousy or... And who was um, jealous of whom? Rachel was always angry because Dan's exes he was friends. him. He was still yeah. friends with them, right? She didn't like that. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, she needs to be the center of attention. Yeah. And so she slapped him and he shook her. And like slapped him in the face? Yeah, or? she slapped him in the face and he grabbed her and shook her and was like, don't ever hit me again. And he looked at me and he was like, you guys need to leave. Take her out, Audrey. Take her out. 
Like, so it's like, like you, to me, like, take her. Like you're the nanny. Yes. No, I was. I used to say that all the time. I'm, I'm their babysitter. What the heck? Like, I'm not, I'm not a babysitter. I'm a friend. I'm not your DD. I'm your friend. Did she ever give you any indication that, uh, how she, how she truly felt about him, what her real feelings were for him? There was this one night they, I didn't go out with them. They went to a wine bar on Pine Street in downtown Long Beach. And she called me because they had had a fight. And she called me from some, like, I don't remember if she called me from her cell phone or not. I don't. But I, I went down there. It was late at night, and I picked her up. And I'm like, why are you wandering the streets of downtown Long Beach at midnight? What the hell is wrong with you? She had, like, zero regard for her safety. She felt she could just walk wherever, and that's another story. But, yeah, she was just like, I don't know if I should stay in the relationship or not. And I was like, well, do you love him, or do you want to work it out? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. And so it was very, like, I didn't want to give her advice because I feel like it's not my place to make the decision whether somebody should stay in the relationship or not. But I was like, well, think about this. Think about that. Like, how much do you love him? Do you want to spend more time with him? Do you want to work things out? Are you sick and tired of him? What's At that time, were they living in Noah's? Because they went from, (laughs) I know at one point they went from staying at Noah's and it was just so tight, so many people there, to that's when they moved into the Camden Martinique in Costa Mesa. Yeah. So during this time Um, where she was really questioning things, was that when they were living at Noah's place? I think so, yeah. I think so. I think, yeah. So that was probably putting pressure on their relationship, too. I mean, yeah. 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 But, I mean, she was debating. Because Noah actually put himself on the lease. They had such bad credit because they had no money. And they they had been evicted from another place in Long Beach. And so Noah put his name on on the lease probably to say, Mm -hmm. look, guys, maybe the best thing is for you to move on and get a place of your own. and. Mm -hmm. Actually, Valentine's Day, February 14th of 2010 is when they moved into mm-hmm. the Camdens. I think it sounds like they were both kind of questioning each other as far as do they really, is this something they want to do for the long haul? Definitely. It felt like, right? Yeah. I, I always felt that Rachel kind of had one foot out the door. You know, I never, ever once thought that their marriage would ever last, you know. Interesting. Um because, I, I don't know, I just felt that if Rachel met somebody who was hotter or richer and better looking, she would leave. And, you know, she did find she did find a sex tape of Dan with a former girlfriend. I'm sure that would piss her off a lot. And that was just a few weeks before the murders. Did she ever mention Brittany Boudreaux? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he described it to her... When she found it, which, by the way, it was sitting right next to the gun in the little fire safe in their bedroom. So interesting how she could have found the sex tape but didn't know about a, <laughs> a gun. <laughs> she, she told her friends the night he was arrested at his bachelor party for accessory after the fact because the police thought he was helping Sam, hiding Sam. She, she told her friends at Dave Barnhart's apartment, one of the guys at the Camden, that she didn't know Dan had a gun. But meanwhile, the sex tape was right next to the gun in this very small little safe they had in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. So 
But he described it to her. Oh, I taped this so that I can extort the family for money. That's how he explained Was it away. This sex tape, like while they were while together? they were engaged. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and that family is actually coming on the podcast in a, in a future episode, and they considered him family. They considered him like a son. They would take mm-hmm. him on cruises. Uh, their daughter dated him for a good two years, and mm-hmm. uh, or nearly two years. So the idea that he was contemplating doing that, which I don't think he ever would. They said he never asked them for money. That was never. And he, he, they were mom and dad to him. They, he was, mm-hmm. He'd come there, come and go as he pleased. And, and even kept a relationship with them after he broke up with Brittany. So, mm-hmm. But for her to hear that explanation and go, oh, okay. Like, I mean, that's basically it. She, she described it to police so matter of fact. It was as if she he explained it away and and she was she was okay with it, right? Yeah, like she was behind and supportive. Well, I mean, basically, any way to get money. I have a friend who said, "Audrey, I've never been so happy that you're so poor." That's also very scary. Very scary, and also very sad because they did find, or Dan at least found, a target. I want to talk about now these texts because you, Mm. you, you, as I've said to you earlier. I'm giving you the crown for the best instincts of the bunch because <laughs> you decided as this relationship was starting to unravel, you know, you felt that it was getting more and more, um, I don't know, in a dark place that you were just not comfortable anymore. You felt yeah. that maybe in some way your safety was threatened because you had a conversation with her at, at the pool one day. Yeah, I was at a friend's birthday and she... She um, brought up ecstasy, and I was like, "Why did you do that? Like, I didn't ever think that that's something that you would do. Our vice was wine and cigarettes, and that was it. And she told me that at her bachelorette party, which hadn't happened yet. And just just for clarification, you were going to be one of the bridesmaids, one of the four bridesmaids, correct? Yes, yes, I was. So she, you're having this conversation at the pool. So, and she said that she, um, she, she jokingly said that she wanted to slip a pill into my drink so that I would know how it feels. To be on ecstasy. To be on ecstasy. Because, oh, it's great and it's wonderful and I would love it and I should just try it once. And I was like, no, I'm good. I don't, you don't want have to. have any interest. But she made that joke, and I was like, no, don't do that. Like, like, why would you even suggest it? And she's like, I'm just kidding. And I know But that Rachel, really freaked you out, right? Yes, it does, because Rachel jokes about a lot of things and does them. She's that type of person. She'll say one thing and do something else. And to me, to have somebody like her say that she would— Slipped me a pill, and I was like, well, I would notice. And she's like, no, you wouldn't. I would do it when you weren't looking. And I was like, oh, my God, she really So you would. really, you were convinced really it was would. a game plan. Yeah. This person has it in their mind already that at her bachelorette, she totally wants to drug me. She probably wants to do drugs at her bachelorette. And she probably thinks everybody else would totally be fine for it, except for me. I don't know. Now, when she's telling you this in the pool, did you get the sense— at that point, oh, she's already tried it. She already has. I felt really uncomfortable. I just, 
it just something. It dawned on you that maybe that's something she, clicked. Yeah, she <laughs> was, was like, she was going to a next level, and you didn't want to like, go with so her. You're, I'm like, so you're doing a bunch of drugs now, right? Right, right, and that was just a place you didn't want to go. No, no, never, never, no. And then when she was leaving the party, they hit my car because this was when they were going to rehearsals, you know, for nine. For nine, and she backed up and hit my car, and I heard it. And I was like, "What the hell?" And then, oh, Audrey, we hit your car, but don't worry, we didn't dent it or anything. Did they? No, they didn't dent my car, but they still hit it. I'm like, you. So that was that was one of the bad days. <laughs> yes, I mean I can look back and laugh now, but at the time I was like, "What the hell, guys?" But that's really when your instincts I, kicked in. Yeah, and I just was like, said, "I feel really, really uncomfortable." Right it's now. time for me to distance myself. Yeah, I think that was like on a Friday. Is when that happened. So how did you how did you break ties? How how did that happen? So it was it was on a. Sunday I mean, night? here you were going to be in her wedding and her bri- and one of her bridesmaids, yeah. and you had been with them together for so long. Tell us about the uh, the hot tub story when you had met Sam. It was at Camden, and we were just all hanging out around the pool and the jacuzzis. I, I want to say there were two. We went over to talk to, like, Dan and all the boys, and Dan was talking to... Everybody about the DUI and Sam was there. But yeah, no, he was there because that's when he did uh, his whole gorilla routine, and that was just hysterical. And that gorilla routine was the Afghan story. Yeah, that the he told Afghan about- story. Yeah, about how he st- he was drunk and he stopped traffic uh, in the pretending in the to be a gorilla, street, pretending to be a gorilla, and he just there were lines the whole of cars, thing. and yeah, he was pantomiming the whole thing. It was so funny. It's hysterical. Uh, and but then really, things got really serious. There was yeah, and then Dan started yeah, complaining. Yeah, through conversation, Dan complained about the DUI and um, being in jail yeah, for one being night. being in jail. And then he, Sam talked about his jail time and, you know, other people talked about bad things that they've gotten in trouble with the law for or whatever, yeah. you know. Because I think Sam reacted pretty strongly because as I spent two yeah. years yeah, in everybody was like, county jail. One day, what the... You Give know, like break. brushing him off like, oh, that's... Yeah. You're a, not you're a sissy, but oh, please. One day is nothing. But that's an important exchange because at that moment... That's when Dan and Rachel found out about Sam's past and that he was mm-hmm. charged with murder at one point. And yeah. I, I believe that's what started putting the target on his back. Which is really creepy to think that they were planning something like that that far ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that happened when you were at the uh, hot tub with them. Pretty that's crazy, awesome. right? Yeah, that's... So was that, the, was that the day you finally ended things with them or soon uh, after? That... You said it was a Sunday you finally... I think it was like on a Sunday night. Um, so that was Saturday. So then Sunday rolls around and you... And I, I I went over there and Rachel disappeared for a while. And I'm like, where's Rachel? And I asked Dan and he's like, well, she probably went to go sm- smoke a cigarette somewhere, but she didn't want you to bum one off of her because she only had one left and she didn't want to feel bad and she didn't want to have to share it with you. And I was like, oh... Okay, 
I get that because <laughs> we're so broke and cigarettes were expensive to us, you know. Like gold. And, yeah, and like, okay, I get not wanting to share your last one of your last two cigarettes with somebody if you can't afford to buy another pack anytime soon. And I'm like, okay, I get that. So I went back inside, and uh, then Rachel appeared a few minutes later, and she seemed a little off, but she's probably just drunk again, whatever. And then um, one of our friends, she kind of leaned over and looked at her, and she's like, you're rolling, aren't you? And I was like, what the fuck is rolling? What does that mean? <laughs> what, is, what does it mean? And she's like, she's doing drugs. And I was like, what? <laughs> and Rachel denied it. And then she was like, so what? Like, kind of like, yeah. Yeah, I did. And I, I got upset. I can't believe you did that. Can't believe you would do that in front of me. Not in front of me, but just knowing how be I feel. Drugged in front of me, basically. So I went outside and I yelled it down. Rachel is in there right now on drugs. And Dan was like, What do you mean? I hid that from her. She shouldn't have been able to find it. She probably just went upstairs to Violet or to whoever John Randolph and got it from them. Wait a second. You mean to tell me that you actually bought drugs, you have them in your house, and you're saving them for a later date to use. And hiding You're, like, actually consistently using them. And he's like, you know what, Audrey? After a long day of work and stress and blah, 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 we just like to relax and unwind sometimes. You're, you're, you're... Actively doing drugs. Yeah, I forget what the word was. Oh, I said, I was like, so you're condoning her actions. You're okay with her doing drugs because you're doing drugs too. Great, Dan, just great. And I So that was a huge revelation for you at that point. Yeah, I went back inside, cried in the bathroom for a bit. Rachel came and was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that this would make you so upset. And I was like, of course it makes me upset. You're doing drugs. Like... And I grab my purse, and I run outside, and I just was—Dan was like, where are you going? And she's drugged up. You're condoning this action. I can't believe you're letting her do this. And I just—I hopped the fence, and I ran off, and Dan chased after me. And he was angry because I always took Rachel's side, and I was being Rachel's friend and not his friend. And Did you feel threatened at that point? Yes, he hit me in the arm. He was like, some fucking friend you are. And he, like, hit me. And I had my shoe. And I have perfect aim when I'm angry. Okay, let me just tell you. And Good to I, know. I knew that if I threw it and I hit his head, he would come turn around on me and, like, still wanted to hit him back. So I threw my shoe in the middle of his back. And he was fucking you don't come back. We don't want you here in my, you know, we don't want you in our life anymore. You're not our friend. And I was like, that's fine. I don't want to be friends with druggies. And I left, but I couldn't actually leave because I was so emotionally distraught. I was crying in my car. Her and Rachel came back to me and, you know, Rachel's like, oh, we're sorry. And our friend was like, I made them throw all the drugs away. I saw them flush it down or they flushed it down the toilet did you see them flush the, down the toilet? Did you see it go in the toilet? No, you didn't. And so they're probably lying. But I was just so upset I couldn't drive. Well, I you just, knew it was the end. Yeah. You knew it was the end. And so I, I went back inside. 
Oh, you did? Yeah. I went back inside because I couldn't drive. For a final farewell? What the heck was, was I Was that like a, a you know, a, when yeah, you come back basically. out for an encore? Bow, bow. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> um, and I, I, went, I was just, I just, I couldn't drive. I was too upset. And I went back in and Dan gave me a side hug and he's like, I'm really sorry. And I was like, apologize to me when you're sober. And I walked away. Like, I just. Was that the last I didn't even time you saw him? him? Either. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, I didn't like hug him either, but he put his arm around me. And I said, apologize when you're sober because I don't believe you. Yeah, in the morning, like Dan, Dan had gone already because he had left for work. And, what, what work? What was he working? Uh, I think he was working at, oh no, he wasn't working for Verizon. He was. Um, he just had that little happy hour. Yeah, he business. was doing the happy hour card and. Traveling around to a bunch of places trying to sell them and whatever, um, and, uh, which apparently he wasn't. He was just out in Newport Beach getting drunk or something at the beach or I don't know. Is that so? That's that's what I heard. I heard that he wasn't—he would sell them, but— He would use he that as an excuse to get out of the house. Was, yeah, yeah. He would use it as an excuse to get out of the house because he didn't want Rachel to know that he wasn't making any money. And he was just selling those cards as best as he could, but he was also just hanging out at bars getting drunk with people while trying to sell the cards. Did you ever have a sense because that right at the, that time when you were started, you know, pulling back and breaking things off, that was at the height of their financial stressful mm-hmm. status where they were being evicted. Did you? Yeah. Did did I had she no make? Yeah, they were being evicted. And so, so she didn't. Zero she idea. didn't bring that up ever. They they never talked to me about their money issues ever. ever. I mean, yeah, it'd be like, oh yeah, we're both broke because we're college students. Of course, we're broke, you know. But I thought Dan had a job that paid enough to support them, like to buy the rent, and you to know they the just rent. kind of. Scrounge what about as when you open the fridge? Because Violet said when she'd open the fridge, you could tell there was only two things in there. Yeah, there was never anything in the fridge. They had more alcohol than they had. That's what she said. It was. It was always alcohol. It's like, oh, hey, there's cheese and a packet of hot dogs and some ketchup. (laughs) (laughs) Yum. Yeah, their fridge was always empty. Oh my god. You know. Okay, so I want to talk about. So, what was your final goodbye? I mean, so that morning, (laughs) I we were all sleeping in the living room, and she apologized, and I said, "Love you, goodbye." And I walked out and I left and I never talked to her. I never saw her again. Well, I shouldn't say I never talked to her. That's what we're going to. I never, I never now saw her talk again. about because I, you did talk to her and a phone call as well as some, some texts. Text, yeah. So should we talk about the phone call first? Uh, sure. I'm like, which one? <laughs> well, well, why don't we talk in the order it happened? Yeah, let's do that. So, so tell me which so, happened first because I do have texts here that were days after the murders, May 24th. Yes. And then I have other texts that were uh, later on in the uh, 20, when she had her first attorney, mm-hmm. um, which yeah. was uh, 2014, I believe. That's when you got a whole nother, her asking you to be a character witness. So yeah. I don't know where the call so lands in all of that, in the scheme it, of it, that. After the texts, before the character witness stuff. Okay. Um, the first one was a Monday, May 24th. Okay. I remember I was at the gas station and she sent me a text asking me to meet up. She wanted to meet up with me. And now let's just she, let's just uh, make make it clear that this was 
three days after the murders. The murders yeah. took place and Friday afternoon, the 21st, and then that evening, actually at the turn of midnight on the 22nd. Those were the two time frames of the murders. And then she's calling you Monday, the 24th. Yeah, and I had or no she's texting you or calling you? Texting. Texting. Okay. And I had no idea about these. You had no idea. About anything. So you hadn't even heard any of the no. news that a body was found in no. Sam's apartment? The first thing I heard about any of it was after Dan's arrest, when somebody messaged me and asked me, hey, why is Rachel and Dan's wedding off? That's the first uh, thing I'd heard about it. Somebody okay, said, so why let's is the go wedding back then. Monday the 24th, you're getting these texts at the gas station. Yeah. So as far as I knew, the wedding was still on. And she was asking me to um, be her bridesmaid. And she missed me and she wanted me to come back. She's asking you to please resume the role of the bridesmaid. You always yeah, were going wanting, to be a bridesmaid. And then she figured when you said goodbye to and her. And then when I said goodbye and... Um, she thought maybe that meant you were out of her wedding, right? Yeah, no, so I was out of her life. Back. I was kid. Out of her life. I was, when I said good, like, I mean, she might not have known, but when I said goodbye, I knew that was my final goodbye. I love you and goodbye. She knew that I was out of the wedding, out of, out the of her wedding, life, out of their friendship, that I didn't want to be her friend again because I didn't want to be around any of the drugs. So, and I told her, I was like, well, why don't you make one of your new friends your bridesmaids? Like, I'm not, I, was, I told her I don't want to be around drugs and stuff like that. Make her one of your bridesmaids because I'm not going to do it. I had such a, I, I don't know how to describe it, but it was in my stomach, in my gut. Just this, like, wrenching, like, don't you even think about seeing her. Because, I mean, I cared about her a lot. We were very, we were best friends. You loved being, her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I just... As much as, of course, I would want to. Oh, you're you're hurting. Of course, let me be there for you. But it just, it was a knot saying, don't even think about it. Don't. And it just was so like. So that's what they call I, I instinct. Yeah, it was. I, I, I can't. Your body was I telling can't. you. If I did, I probably, if I had said yes, I probably would have vomited on the spot. That's how like sick I felt. And I was like, no. Isn't that interesting no, that you felt like, that strongly? Yes. I was just. So she was asking you in the text to physically meet up. Yeah, she's, let's meet up, let's get coffee. She's, shit in my life has gone bad, and... um, Did you ask, what is she referring to? No, no. She's like, if you could see where my life is now. I, don't, I think you have I'm gonna, the exact I'm going words. to, because uh, you, you were kind enough to give them. So how about if I just read them real quick okay, to you? So, so it was Monday, May 24th at 4.22 p.m. Hey, I know you're at work right now. Do you want to get some coffee or something when you're done? I'd like to talk. And then at 9.03 p.m., so you obviously didn't answer her right away. I can throw someone else in as my bridesmaid, but it's not going to be someone like you who I wanted in the wedding. I'm just afraid that we're both going to regret this. So should we try to work this out and see if we're going to be friends still now rather than later? I just feel horrid if we were able to work it out. Our differences and then finding this out later and you would have missed my wedding. And then at Tuesday, May 24th at 11.02 a.m. All right. Well, I'd rather still rather you be there rather than someone who hasn't been an amazing friend, even though you cannot continue to be. My life has been so fucked up and stressful. I'd rather not put one of my quote unquote new friends 
that would worsen things. But if you feel that uncomfortable, I understand. So it feels like maybe there was a missing text back I, from you. Yeah. Because that, that that for whatever reason I, you didn't we didn't you didn't give to me. But oh. and then it says. But I, I told her. I kind yeah. of. She continues. And this is, again, the next Tuesday morning, right? I mean, it's the following Tuesday morning. She's saying, kind of wish I had nothing to do with my life right now. If you change your mind, let me know today. Or you, or if you can stand to talk to me. I've called. I could really use it. And then she's Tuesday. This is the last text to you on, again, Tuesday, May 25th at 11.04 a.m. I could really use a friend and some advice one last time. Thanks for all your love and friendship. You've been great. In one of your texts back to Rachel, you said you can text me, you can call me, but I don't want to ever see you in person again. And she sounded like she was saying really back to you. upset. And she said, if you only knew how fucked up my life was right now. And of course, at the time, I was just like, honey, it's just the wedding jitters. Like, it's okay. Calm the heck down. But, you know, obviously afterwards, looking back at that text, yeah, your life really was fucked up right That Like, oh. And so tell us then, how did you powerful. find out about the cancellation of the weddings and his arrest I, and everything? So I was at work and I was online on a website that connects all your messaging programs. And my friend messaged me and said, hey, did you know... Rachel and Dan canceled their wedding. Do you, what happened? Do you know why? And of course, I don't know why. I never got that email and I wasn't I'm not involved in the wedding anymore and I told them like, "No, I I don't talk to them at all." They're like, "You haven't talked to them at all?" I was like, "No, I was serious when I said like I'm not talking to them anymore. They're not my friends." And this was on May and, 27th, a Thursday. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm you know, sitting here like, what the heck happened? And I messaged Shayna like, hey, why did they call off their wedding? That's Shayna Adler, Rachel's last remaining friend. Yeah. And then she told me that Dan had been arrested for, and all like the boys had been arrested and uh, for being accessories to a murder. And I was like, what the fuck, Carly? Are you serious? And so my mind was in a Days after that, I just couldn't wrap my head around that. And then later, uh, like the next day, I found out Dan tried to commit suicide in the thing by like hitting his head really hard against the the county jail or something. Like, really? God, you're so stupid. Um, But I found out he tried to kill himself and I was like, oh, my God. And, And then I think, when was it that they said that it that he was at fault cuz well they charged him with mur- they, they charged him with, with murder accessory. on May the the accessory charge was at his bachelor party at Tsunami okay. in Huntington Beach that was Wednesday night on May 26th okay. by Thursday afternoon he confessed and okay. that's when they charged him officially with murder okay so and then they went that night to find Sam's body in the attic of the theater and yeah so that that was happening. That was Thursday um, the 27th, which is you were at work when I, I guess they, work not, when they they basically said that they were canceling the wedding or somehow Rachel put it out there. I, she she had emailed everybody. Uh, that's what my friend said, that everybody was sent an email saying that the wedding was canceled and they apologized. And then 
Um, so I asked Shayna, and I was like, what happened? Why?" Now, Shayna Adler was still close with her for quite some time after, yes. right? I mean, yes, she, she, was. she was one of the believers in, in Rachel's innocence. Yeah. yeah. Her and Caitlin Galt. Don't remember. She's another is, one yeah. that they, you know, did like posters and Facebook pages, right? Okay. Raising and Rachel's Innocent. Oh, I rem- yeah, I remember that Facebook page. And then that gut gut wrenching feeling that you t- spoke about. Do you, what do you think that was from? Was it just because you were hearing from her, or did you have some other weird psychic feeling? Because that was the weekend the murders took yeah, place. That- honestly, I feel that it was. The gods just saying, like, no, don't, don't, just cut ties, leave her alone, just don't, 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 do don't have coffee it's, with her, don't see yeah, her. Yeah, like, basically, like, that, it's the wrong choice. You made the right choice in leaving, don't go back. Like, it was just big red flag, you know, and yeah, and gut instinct, just don't do it. You reach out to her on June 16th on 2010. And you say to her, don't worry, hun, you're not at ends with me. I don't hate you, and I honestly wish you the best. It's just that the problem is that I care too much about you. I can't take care of you, and I'm too old to be running around town, acting like a hooligan, smoking my cigarettes and getting drunk, and I just, I don't want to have to babysit you while you get drunk because you do things that just aren't safe like getting out of moving cars and climbing trees and driving drunk. And I'm honestly trying to be a better person. I just, when you started doing drugs, I realized I just didn't want my life heading in that direction. And I already felt uncomfortable around all the neighbors you hung out with at that apartment. So I had to leave. Even though I loved you, I had to get out of the situation. And I realized I left you at a horrible in your life. And maybe it was for the better for me. But I still feel horrible about what you're going through. And I kind of think you might need a shrink after this to help you cope with all the emotional damage that will be left. But I know you're strong enough to get through this. So don't worry. I don't hate you. I'm not upset. We aren't at ends. I don't want anything bad to happen to you. I love you and miss you, even if I can't hang with you anymore, Audrey. And then her response. You're getting teared up right now. Because you're remembering someone you thought you knew, right? Yeah. Rachel's response, there's just a few here, so let me get through them. Thank you for explaining, Rachel says to you, don't worry about me either. I'm going to be fine. I'm getting closer and closer to God. And I was just getting this feeling that life is going to be very, very short. I'm not here for myself anymore. I'm here to fulfill God's purpose, and I'm ready to do it as soon as possible. So he'll take me to the next life when I'm done. Through all of this, I'm realizing love in all its shapes and forms and depth. And I just wanted you to know that I love you. If you ever need something, just let me know. That is, if you can deal with me being completely exited and having a one-track mind. I think only of my Christian God, his salvation, plan, presence, etc. As I remember, you've had enough of that. Laugh out loud. Love you just the same. I only wish the best for you as well. Love in Christ, Rachel. The next response, the next text was from you to Rachel saying, well, if you are sincere in your sudden love of God, then I applaud you and I hope it doesn't disappear once you're feeling better. And you shouldn't be wishing to die so soon. That won't make anyone happy. And that statement sounds super suicidal. 
and I believe in God. It's just that I don't believe in your Christian God and the necessity to believe in Jesus for salvation. And I'm turned off by zealots who profess to be a loving Christian and full of Christ's love and then stand there damning everyone to hell and all who are full of hate. But I have something against anyone who is full of that much hate. Also, I'm a very spiritual person. We just have different beliefs. I have become closer to God and no longer practice witchcraft and have started to take the next step of converting. Blessed be Audrey. That was the last text that you sent to Rachel in 2010, in June of 2010. So let's talk about that exchange. Um, Well, that was when I was dating my Jewish boyfriend and I was seriously considering converting to Judaism. Didn't happen, but I digress. Um, So, yeah, she... The funny thing is why I said, like, if you're serious about it, it's one thing. But we rarely ever had any talks about Jesus or God or religion. And I don't ever remember her even going to church. Like, I knew her parents did. I knew they were, like, a wholesome Christian family, air quotes. But— God never, ever seemed like a part of her life. Or it never ever. entered into your conversations. No, never. So never this once. sudden so, God conversation, this subject of God and how she's following the Lord. and Is a performance. Exactly. It's, it's, it's so fake because I know she would never actually be like that. That was so her. so it sounds to you as if maybe there's a reason that all of a sudden she has found God? Oh, of course, because everybody loves somebody who suddenly found the big man in the sky and is deeply devout in having all of a sudden like, oh, now I'm a Christian and I have morals because I love Jesus, which is not loving Jesus doesn't make you have morals. It doesn't, you know, <laughs> like... And it certainly and doesn't give you a pass from planning murders. Exactly. Ex- or trying or to drug your up. friends. Or, and it, it's, I know it's fake. I, I know that she knows people are reading what she's writing. And so everybody likes a good redemption story of somebody who was a terrible, horrible person who all of a sudden found spirituality and divine inspiration and is, oh, I'm such a good person now, and I was so terrible, and I found the error of ways, but please look at me how wonderful I am. That, that's it certainly sounds like is. that's the script. That's exactly I, what it is. You know, that so text fake. was, you know. So, so you read through it. You, yeah. you You certainly read through it. And so oh, now yeah. you said there was there was some phone call, because you did have another exchange with her in 2014, very brief. Yeah. But in between those exchanges, there was, there was a phone call. There was a random phone call. Um, I was at hookah night with some friends. And I remember because I, I, I walked outside because it was loud. And I remember thinking, like, God, she lives awfully close to here. <laughs> and, and my first thought was, oh, God, did she drive by and see me <laughs> or something, you know? Why? Because you thought so, she knew your car? Because I was car? outside having a cigarette, oh, okay. you know, and yeah. like she lived down the street. So if she saw me outside smoking a cigarette, she, I was like, did she see me? Is that why she's calling me? Or anyway. And at that point, you, of course, knew about the murders. You just so didn't know her I role. I was outside and then No, but I'm saying called, at that point but, in time, 
you knew about the murders. You knew Dan was arrested for yeah. them. You just didn't know her role. Yeah. But yeah, that, it, was, it was still very much a, she was the innocent party, no involvement, and it was all Dan sort of thing. I um, feel sorry for me because I was duped. But yeah. And she called me to say, how are you doing? And told me that she had a really weird experience because I know she knew I would believe it. Going back to the whole witchcraft thing. Um, and she said she she was with her boyfriend. And they were, like, hanging out. And she met somebody new. And he was basically like, hey, I have this weird inkling to take you somewhere. Like, I feel this really weird calling. Let's go for a drive sort of thing. And they got into the car. And he took her to the El Dorado Nature Center. And... She said she started to cry and was like, why would you take me here? Why would why would you bring me here? And he's like, well, I just felt like I had to. There was this, like, something drawing him to bring her there because he had no idea about her or anything that had happened. And so she told him what had happened, and he's like, oh, okay, well, that's why I felt called to bring you here, you know? She told and him what happened, but she didn't tell him about the spreading of the she, body parts there? She, no, she, he, when he brought her there, he had no idea. Oh, and then, about and then she the shared murders. everything. And then when they were there, she shared everything and how he was like, well, you know, I'm a medium. That's why I was drawn here. And I want you to know that, uh, Sam says it's not your fault and to he's in a good place. He's in heaven and not to cry for him and that sort of thing. Wow. Yeah. And and she she said that she didn't talk to anybody else about it because nobody else would believe her except for me. Because I'm spiritual and I feel in tune to that sort of stuff. And so, of course, she would tell me because I would believe her. Whether the story is true, who, who knows? What you did know? you say to her? <laughs> First of all, she called I, and I you mean, answered the phone instead of letting yeah, you go well, to voicemail. Because but. I had those the text messages. I had told her, if you need me, you can text me or call me. And I'll pick up and I'll talk to you. But I can't hang out with you. I can't be around you. I just can't do it. And so she called me and picked up. And I mean, this was a couple months after. After and Dan's arrest? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A couple months after Dan's arrest. I think it was, I really don't know, closer to fall, I think. Okay. But what did you say on the phone story. when she told you that? I, I think for me, I was still kind of processing, like, do I believe this? Do I not believe this? Like, wow, are you serious? And he didn't know about this beforehand. And he said that to you. And she's like, yeah, and, you know, and, like, that Sam was okay and not to cry about him. And, you know, I was like, wow, that's that's really powerful. That's crazy. But you she know? also like, said that Sam said it's not your fault. That's, yeah, like, that's a tell. Like, the, like <laughs> she shouldn't be worried because he's in heaven. And But I know, think that's like, poker talk for a tell. Yeah. Like, for her to say, and he said it's not your fault. Like, she's trying to convince you that she's mm-hmm. innocent and... Mm-hmm. Wow. Did she say who the guy was that took her there? No. She didn't give the name of the guy? No, because she didn't know him. She just met him. And that's odd enough to get in someone's car that you don't even know. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking, too. 
But at the same time, well, it's Rachel and she's completely reckless. So she totally would do that. So so let me just say in in conclusion that uh, you had amazing instincts. I say it again. And I want to just read to you these final two emails that yeah. you did receive uh, during, it was January 3rd, 2014. It was Rachel had retained her first attorney for the charges that she was arrested and charged November of 2012 with, in fact, that time it was three felony counts of accessory after the fact. And this is what Rachel sent to you. Hey, hon, I'm sorry to have to bug you and ask you this, but I kind of need to have my lawyer call you at some point so she can chat with you to see if we need you to testify in my court case. I know you weren't really around right when everything happened with Psycho, but it seems like since they don't have anything against me, the trial's just going to turn into a character assassination against me to make a jury believe I'm the type of person that would have been involved. So having people who knew me well at the time might be really relevant. I don't have your number anymore, so if you could message it to me, I won't bother you, but just pass it on to my lawyer. Or if you want to text it to me, my number is still the same. And again, sorry to have to bother you. I hope it's not too much to ask. Hope all is well with you. Love you and miss you. And you responded back almost immediately. Hun, I love you, but I can't. I can't be a good character witness because I wasn't around you. When you guys decided to do drugs, I bailed. I don't know how those drugs might have affected your personality when on them, so I can't say what you would be like. And emotionally, it's still too much for me to deal with. I know things have been hard on you, and I'm sorry for everything you've gone through, and I wish you the best. Yeah. So she haunted you all these years in some way. You do kind of always look over your shoulder. Do you believe Rachel's role in the murders is much more than what she was charged with? Uh, Yeah, I feel that she definitely knew more than she let on that it was a lie. You know, when when she was on Dr. Phil, I remember when she was in acting classes and we would talk about acting in theater and everything. I remember her once telling me that having open eyes and blinking a lot portrayed innocence. Okay. Fast forward to Dr. Phil's show and she is in the head like, well, I don't know. Well, wouldn't you do this? I know her well enough to know that I know she's lying right there. She's doing that I thing. Because she, she told you point blank that's what she does yes, when she wants to pull exactly. it off. Exactly. And I was like, oh my God, she's she's doing the I thing. I knew it. Like she's So after Dan was arrested for murdering Sam Hare and yeah. Julie Kibushi, yeah. you called Rachel. Yes, after my work shift or maybe it was on my lunch break. I don't know. But when I first found out, I called her immediately and was like, oh, my God, Rachel, I just heard, you know. Of course, I was very concerned. I only stopped talking to her three weeks ago. And she basically was like, what the hell does it matter to you? You're only talking to me because you want to be famous, because you want to be connected to me and you want your 15 minutes of fame Basically accusing me of being some limelight chaser. 
are you serious? Do you really think that of me? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, bye. And I hung up. So she was already in that mode of, I'm going to be famous. Yeah. She, she, you know, she's like, you just want the attention. She was accusing you of what she was looking forward to. Yeah. She, you know, that I was going to try to steal her limelight or something. I don't know. Exactly. Being famous for being friends with a murderer is not a good thing. I was like, no, I don't care. I was like, I'm sorry. I was just trying to be nice. Goodbye. You know, that brings up something that reminds me of of an equivalent uh, situation when she was arrested. Family and church and friends raised the, the bond for the bail to get her out. And she had a little press conference and I guess later that night, she was calling her friends, telling her friends, do you hear them? They're calling me an actress. Oh, my God. Of course. And I'm I'm thinking, gosh, like, wouldn't you be more concerned about that you were going to marry this person that, that c- killed and chopped up your friends? Like, instead, you're thinking, do you hear what they're calling me? They're calling me an actress. Absolutely. She just... She wants attention. She wants, it's not, it's because fame brings attention and the love and adoration of fans. And that's what she wants. She wants everybody to love her and admire her and think the world of her and give her stuff. What Rachel forgot was there's a big difference between fame and infamy. I know. Right? It's like, oh, do you really want to be famous for that? No. No, you don't. But, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, you got out in the nick of time. Oh, my gosh. I did. I really, really did. Really did. So, so blessed and fortunate to listen to my gut instincts. And, yeah. Yeah. Relief. It is a lot of relief. It's happiness that... I'm alive, that I didn't get involved in something. And like your friend so said that you were broke. Yeah, yeah, my friend. Thank God you're so broke. You know, like you're alive because you're broke. And I'm happy about that. I was like, yeah, I've never been more happy to be poor too. Um, the whole thing must so, feel so surreal to you. It does. It really does. It. I can't even describe it. It feels like I'm watching a play and I'm interacting with it, but I'm not part of it. But I'm part of the audience that's right up there. Or maybe you're that narrator on the side that, (laughs) right? Like, then this is what happened. And then Rachel slapped Dan across the face and yelled at him. You could see the blood rage in Dan's eyes as he shook her and he looked over to me and said, You take care of her. I'm done. Walked away. Scene. Audrey, I want to thank you so much for your time. It really means a lot to hear your insights. You certainly knew her as a friend better than most. And thank you for, for being so open and honest and willing to come on. Yeah. No problem. Absolutely. Tune in next week to Sleuth and meet three new guests who will regale you with their personal first-hand accounts of their twisted Rachel Buffett tales. 
Daniel Halkyard, Kristen Crane, and Ashley Mathis will each exclusively reveal to Sleuth their shocking and unique Rachel Buffett encounters. If you enjoyed this episode of Sleuth, share it with a friend and be sure to leave a rating or review. Follow Sleuth on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode.